Wildwood Community Church, we are for following Jesus together to the glory of God. We're for the church, for the community, for the nations, and for the next generation. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. We're excited today as we gather to be celebrating a, a baptism Sunday. Now, when you think about Baptism Sunday, what, what, what is it all about? Well, baptism is something that, that happens uh, as we follow the direction of Christ after people have placed their faith and trust in Christ. So as God has drawn men and women to himself, regardless of their age, regardless of their background, as they have trusted Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, Jesus has given this amazing symbol of water baptism to help not only the individual celebrate what has happened on the interior of their life, but it also gives us as a church family the chance to celebrate those who are following Christ. And this, this week, we're going to be celebrating with a number of different folks, a number of different ages across our three Sunday services. But as I think about uh, just this issue of baptism today, I'm mindful of the verses that we've been looking at this month at Wildwood. Specifically, a, a, a set of statements that Jesus makes in Matthew chapter 11, where he shares his very heart with people with the hope that we would respond and come to him for our salvation. And so in light of this Baptism Sunday and in light of the verses that we've been talking about, I, I want to read those verses again for us and then draw some parallels and some connections between what we're going to witness today in baptism and this wonderful section of God's Word in Matthew 11. So if you've got a Bible, you might turn over to Matthew 11, beginning in verse 25. I'm going to read these verses for us, and then I'll go back and make a couple of observations. But Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 says this. It says, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden, it's light. Now, in those few verses, Jesus provides a couple of invitations. And we've been looking at these over the last couple of weeks. But it's helpful for us to see them again today in light of what we're going to witness with baptism. The first thing that we notice is that Jesus provides this invitation. And he provides it to all. His invitation is this. Come and find rest in me. That's what Jesus says. Come and find rest in me. Now, when Jesus makes that invitation, we would assume that everyone would want rest and everyone would want to be connected to Christ. But the reality is that not everyone will respond to Jesus' invitation. And why is that? Well, Jesus gives us some indication as to why some might not respond to his invitation. And he provides that in verse 25. He says, I thank you, Father, talking to his heavenly Father. He says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. 
Now, Jesus is saying that there is something about his identity that some in this world will miss, while others will embrace it. There will be some who come to him, and there will be some who reject him. Well, what would lead to that condition? Well, Jesus says that those who are wise and who have understanding, he says this reality of who he is is hidden from them. But he says it's revealed to little children. Now, what was Jesus saying there? Was he somehow saying that those who are young have a chance to come and have a relationship with him? But if you are older, your time is done. You missed your opportunity. No, I don't think that's what he's saying. It's not an issue of old, young. Also, we might wonder, was he saying that those who have an education, those who are wise, those who have understanding, that that somehow they are excluded from coming to him, but the ignorant or those not yet learned have a chance to come, as in the children? No, I don't think that's what he was saying either. Jesus was not using wise and children to show a discrimination that he had against people of different ages or of different educations. Jesus uses wise and children to describe two general groups of people. One group of people that he describes as the wise are those that don't think they have any needs. Jesus uses the wise and the understanding to refer to those who feel like they have it all together. They might have an interest in a God who could give them more of what they want, more of what they already have. In the context of the first century, Jesus might have been saying, there are are those among you who want me to come and kick the Romans out of this country. But when it comes to your own spiritual soul, you think you've got it all together. There were those who were contemporaries of Jesus that felt like their own religion was enough, that they were righteous enough because they were better than most or better than some. And it was on the basis of their religious performance that God would accept them. Jesus calls them the wise and the understanding. And Jesus said, when I say come to me, some of you won't come. And you won't come because you don't think you are in need of the rest that I can provide. But Jesus uses little children here to refer to those who recognize their need. You know, little children are the ones who will come to mom or dad or, or a guardian and say, mom, dad, can you get that drink out of the refrigerator for me? Can you get that off of the shelf for me? Can I go do this right now? Why do children ask those kinds of questions? Because they need us. <laughs> they know that, right? That which is on the top shelf, they cannot reach, so they need us to get it down. That which is in the back of the refrigerator, they cannot reach, so they need us to get it out. The activities they want to do in another location, they can't get there without someone to give them a ride. So little children have this sense of need that maybe the wise and the understanding don't have. And Jesus said those who realize their need for a Savior are the ones that will come to the Savior. And those who feel like they have no needs will be the ones who stay away. Now, I say that today because we're going to be gathering around this this tank and we're going to be celebrating baptisms. And those who are coming up to be baptized today are not coming up because they are the most righteous among us. Though they're a pretty great group of people. But they're not coming to this stage today because they have won some prize or have gotten an award based on their performance. They're here today because they recognize their need. And because they recognize their need, they have come to Christ with the childlike faith. 
They've responded to his call. What is his call? Jesus' call, we see in verse 28, is to come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus said. He said, I want to give you rest. And those who are being baptized today are those who have, who have come forward, and Jesus has taken the weight of their sin off of their back and placed it on his own. He has removed from them the guilt. He has removed from them the punishment of their sins so that they might be forgiven. And Jesus might have fully satisfied that payment on the cross. That's what Jesus has done for them. That's the rest that he provides for him for them. But, but what, what is this rest that he talks about? I think it's helpful for us to, to look at this word rest and how it's used in other parts of the New Testament. You know, if you've been with us over the last month, we've talked about what the word gentle means. And we've talked about what the word lowly means. And we've looked at verses throughout the New Testament to help understand those words a little more. Well, I think it's important for us to look at what this word rest is all about as well. The word rest is used a number of different ways in the New Testament. One way it's used is in the area of sleep. That makes sense, right? So when Jesus gathers in the Garden of Gethsemane and he gathers his disciples around, he says, now is not the time to rest. Now is the time to pray. What was he saying? Don't go to sleep right now. Don't get so settled in with your head on the rock, but stay up, stay vigilant, stay awake in that moment. So rest can mean sleep or rest in that way. It can also mean rest like after a mission trip. Jesus talks to his disciples in Mark chapter 6, verse 31. He says, you guys have gone out and done this amazing mission work uh, in my name. Let's take a little R&R. Let's get away and, and have a time of rest together. And we think about it in words like, in, in Luke chapter 12 and verse 19, where the word rest is referred to in a parable of Jesus, those that feel like they have accumulated enough resources so they no longer need to work. It talks about those that have, have filled their barns. We might think of it, those with the full IRA and the healthy bank account comfortably approach the area of retirement. They rest from the work that they have done, having amassed enough resources, at least in their minds, to make it through the next season of life. We think about it in terms of places like 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 18, Philemon verses 7 and 20, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 13, where that word rest is used to refer to the word refresh, refresh, a refreshing of our souls. Same word rest is what is used there, not just ceasing from action, but kind of that cease from action, restoring our souls, restoring our lives. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14 the word rest is used to talk about the Spirit coming to rest on us, the idea of the Spirit of God settling in our souls. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, talks about how believers in Jesus Christ will rest as they leave this earth and enter into eternity, no longer carrying on the work of this life. So what is this idea of rest? Well, I think if we take all those ideas together and we begin to get a definition of the word rest, this is where I would define how I would define it. Rest is settling in and being refreshed by God. It is settling in to what God has done and being refreshed by him. So what was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying, come to me, those of you who are labored and heavy laden, weighed down by the weight of your sin, struggling to live a life of religious performance. He said, come to me, and I will allow you to settle in in me. 
and I will refresh your soul. That's what Jesus was offering. We might think of it in terms of uh, an example I've heard several times from friends who have adopted children, where adopted children might come into their home, and for a season, those children might have a sense of anxiety, wondering if they were to, to do something that the family that welcomed them in might send them on their way. There's a rest that ultimately comes when those children realize, no, no, you're not going to send me anywhere. I get to settle into your family. In the same way, Jesus says, friends, settle in and know that your salvation is secure because I'm giving you rest for your souls. You're a part of my family if you have come to me. And so, friends, as we gather here today, those who are being baptized are being baptized because they have come to Christ and he has given them this rest. And and the question I would have for the rest of us is, have we done the same? Have we come to Christ? Have we trusted in him? Are we experiencing his rest? And if we have, then know that, that what we are celebrating with them is a reminder of what we can celebrate of what God has done in your life as well. But if you have never placed your faith and trust in Christ, if today you are labored and heavy laden, Know that there is a Savior who stands before you and says, Come to me, and I will allow you to settle into my grace. Be a part of my family permanently, and I will give rest for your souls. See, the first thing that we see that Jesus says is that we are to come and to find rest in him. There's a second thing that I want us to see, and that is this. Not just to come to Jesus and find rest, but that we get to walk with Jesus and find life. Again, we've seen this over and over again over the last couple of weeks, but Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus said, don't just come to me and rest, but the rest that we will experience together is an active rest. Jesus says, come to me, and your spiritual life is not over. Your journey is not done, but it's just beginning. Come to me, and Jesus says, we're going to take a walk together, yoked together like two oxen. Those who have come to Christ and experienced salvation are now called to walk with Christ and to follow his direction and his pace. And I say that because those who are being baptized today This is a wonderful moment, and we're going to cheer and we're going to celebrate. But we're not celebrating the end. We're celebrating the beginning of a journey. For the rest of this life, they are yoked to Christ, and they will walk with him. And the same thing is true for all of us who are here who have also come to Christ. Jesus doesn't just catch us and then release us. He catches us and says, let's go for a walk through this world. And not only that, but he says, I'm going to walk with you not only now, but after this life, we're just going to keep walking into eternity. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ, to be connected to him, to walk with him. And so those who are being baptized today, we celebrate not just an exclamation point in their story, but really the beginning of of a walk being yoked to Christ. And that walk is available each of us here today as well. 